0: Remember everyone to God Squad Church. Hope you guys are doing absolutely incredible. Hey, whether you're joining us in the room or maybe even in person for the first time, good to have you guys here, watching online, listening on Spotify, every single one of you sincerely. You guys are members of our community, and we count it a privilege to be a blessing to you every single week. My name is Pastor Susie. I have the honor to be the privilege to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. And as you just saw, we're diving in week number two in our series, Sir Memes. You've heard of sermons. You've heard of memes. But today, you're going to hear some Sir Memes. Taking memes, pulling out spiritual truths, and taking something that at first glance you might think would be spiritually shallow, and pulling out something that is spiritually Deep Again, thank you so much to all of you that have sent me all of your funny, hilarious memes to help me prepare for my message. And the meme that I've chosen for today, I think is one that a lot of people will probably relate to, understand, or see. But before I even show it on screen, hey, I want to give some love to all gamers, okay? Whether you're a PC gamer, console gamer, or we got some mobile gamers, we see you, we love you. All kinds of gamers are welcome here at God Squad Church. But I want to give some extra special love to the mobile gamers, okay? Now, I have a confession to make. There was a time in my life where I played probably too much Clash of Clans, okay? I eventually had to stop playing, not because I think mobile games aren't good or because anything Clash was good, but it was because I was bound by the chains of microtransactions. But then I met Jesus, and he set me free, thank you, Lord. Actually, I had to stop playing because I lack self-control. Please pray for me, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Clash of Cans, I love it. Great game. Spent a little bit too much more than I should have, but I kept on playing. My wife would have killed me, if you know what I'm saying. So we moved on to better days. Our married is good. We're, thank Jesus for it. But mobile games are legit. But here's the deal. If you've been around in the gaming community, even for a short amount of time, it breaks my heart. But there's a stigma that people would say that mobile gamers are not real Gamers, and I'm gonna let you know, I disagree, okay? I think people should allow to play games on whatever platform they have, whatever platform they love, and especially whatever platform, like, they can afford. Like, PCs are expensive. I just not spend a lot of money for a 3060. Like, way too much. Like, not everyone has the same opportunities to play on that, but unfortunately, there's a stigma that would say that mobile gamers are not true. And although I want you to know, mobile gamers, we love you, but for the sake of today's message, we're gonna show a few memes, okay? Let's put meme up on the screen. Meme number one, you see this right here. I'm a gamer, console or PC. They say mobile. Everybody attacks. (laughs) We need some love for the mobile gamers, okay? The gaming community be coming at you, but I'm here to stick up for you, mobile gamers. I got love for you. Let's put the next meme on the screen. This one might be a little bit too relatable. Professional PC gaming setups. Professional mobile gaming setups. The Golden Toilet. Some of y'all can relate to this. I want to ask you to put a five in the chat, but you know who you are, okay? Let's get the next meme up on the screen. This is the try hard mobile players. They got to connect the mouse and the keyboard into the mobile. And this is how some people be cranking 90s in Fortnite before the whole Fortnite. We won't go there, okay? We won't go there. But you know what I'm talking about. Let's put the next meme on the screen. Things start getting dark real fast, chat. Gamers selecting all the worthy gaming platforms. We got Switch, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, and then the choice between mobile and a Samsung smart fridge. And the mobile gets left behind. And we see... The Samsung Smart Fridge being chosen over the mobile. Mobile gamers, I feel for you, my friend. I still, to this day, play old school RuneScape on my mobile device. Can we get some hearts in the chat for the mobile gamers? Mobile gamers matter too. And friends, I feel bad for the heat that you take. And the reality is that a lot of mobile gamers, they're viewed as less than. They're viewed as not real gamers. Even though we're all actually just doing the same thing, just in a different expression. We're all playing games. We are all gamers doing the same things, just maybe in a different way. But there's a group of people called mobile gamers that for some reason get looked at less than, get viewed as though they're not equal to, even though they're actually doing the same thing. We view them sometimes as less than. And I think sometimes unintentionally we do this in our faith, and I don't mean with other people but I actually mean with God. Let's put that next meme up on the screen. I think sometimes when we are, let's go to the one before that. When we are Christians trying to work through our circumstance, we'll go to God, we'll talk to Jesus, we might even maybe ask some wise friends. But then after we've exhausted the good options, then we've got the Holy Spirit and Google search. And if we're being honest, sometimes before we'll talk to the Holy Spirit, I mean, we'll, sometimes we go real dark. It's like going to the Twitch chat, you know what I mean? Like, It's like sometimes it starts getting real crazy. Instead of asking the Holy Spirit, we start going to Google. And sometimes this breaks my heart because literally on the Internet, I'll see it in big streams all the time, there are people genuinely looking for hope, genuinely looking for answers, but they don't have access to the Holy Spirit So, the Twitch chat is all they've got. So, Google search is all they've got. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, I can understand you using Google as a first resort. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you have access to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to Google, but I'm saying do you Google first or ask the Holy Spirit first? Which one do you do? We'll talk to God, we'll talk to Jesus. But then the Holy Spirit, sometimes will pick Google searching over him. Sometimes I think we treat the Holy Spirit the way we treat mobile gamers. Even though mobile gamers are doing the same thing other gamers are doing, playing games but in a different way. We see the Holy Spirit, who is God, but in a different form, but sometimes he gets left out. Let's put that next meme up on the screen where we see that the master race of all gaming is PC and console gamers, but at the very bottom, we got mobile gamers. But I think if we'll be honest with ourselves, sometimes unintentionally, in the way we talk, in the way we teach, let's go to the next one, we see Jesus and God as sitting on the throne, but then there's just the Holy Spirit. This kind of third guy that's kind of doing his own thing, we might not see them as equal. We read in scripture that God and Jesus are both sitting on the throne, but we don't see the Holy Spirit actually sitting on a throne. But just because he's not sitting on a throne doesn't mean he's not worthy to sit on one. And the thing that I want us to understand today is I think unintentionally sometimes we leave the Holy Spirit out. We talk to God, Talk about Jesus. But how often do we talk about the Holy Spirit? There's one thing I want you to understand. It's called the doctrine of the Trinity. Now, maybe some of you are familiar with this. Maybe some of you, this is brand new. The Trinity is the idea that as followers of Jesus, we are serving one God in three persons God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we are not serving three gods, we are serving one. He is three and one. Are you confused already? Me too. <laughs> it's one God in three expressions. One gamer, PC, console, mobile. Same thing in different ways. Maybe you've heard some explanations like this that, hi, my name is Matt. I am a, I'm one person, but I fulfill multiple roles. I am a pastor. I am a streamer. I am a husband. I am a brother. I am a son, and all those roles look different. Maybe that's helped you understand the Trinity. Maybe you've heard the analogy of H2O, where water is H2O in liquid form. Ice is H2O in solid form. Steam is H2O in gas form. And those things might help, but if we're being honest, they don't fully do justice to what the Trinity is. The Trinity is one of the great mysteries of God, that you can try as hard as you want, you will never actually fully understand it. And there's a lot of people who have a problem with that. And I can relate to that. Because as human beings, we have a hard time believing something we don't fully understand. The thing about following God is you are incapable of fully understanding him. And at 1st i they'd be like, well, then I don't want to follow him. Here's why that's a good thing. If you could fully understand God... He would be just like you. He would be another human. Now, I'm not going to lie. I've been, married almost, I've been married almost eight years now. I can't even fully understand my wife. Sometimes she says she's fine, but she not. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been married 25 years. You're like, I'm still figuring this out. <laughs> if you can't even understand fully your spouse, who is equal to you, how can you fully understand God, who is greater than you, who is bigger, smarter, more majestic, more mighty. And here's the deal. What makes God God is he can do things that you can't. And that's a good thing. Because when the doctor tells you, I'm sorry, sir, there's nothing more we can do for you. God says, there's something that I can do for you. I'm a supernatural healer. When the bank tells you, I'm sorry, ma'am, there's nothing more that I can do to help you. God says there's something I can do to help you. I'm a provider. God is greater, and with that understanding, you might not fully understand the Trinity. Like, I'll be honest, like, I have been studying this thing a long time. I still cannot be like, I get it. It's, it's, it's tough to wrap my mind around. He's three in one. Like, so can I say the Holy Spirit died on the cross? No, but yes because they're 3 in 1 and one they're inter what? Like I still don't so God was like looking down at heaven on Jesus on the cross but Jesus is God so God was actually looking at himself. I'm actually already confused. It's I'm going to be I'm not going to try to explain it away but like oh it's just like this. No no no. Anyone that ever tries to tell you they fully grasp the great mysteries of God is a liar. It requires faith. Putting your faith in something You might not fully 100% understand. Now, I'm not telling you you're never going to understand anything about God. But you'll never understand everything about God. And there's an element of trust that one is three and three is one. But don't take my word for it. Let's go to the Bible. I want to read a few verses to you, starting from the very first verse in the entire Bible. In the book of Genesis, the word Genesis literally means the beginning. Check out verse number one. In the beginning, God, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've probably heard the name God a lot, especially if you live in westernized culture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We believe that God is creator, that he did create the whole world. We believe that we are his creation made in his image. We believe we have been created by God. But God was not the only one present at the beginning. I want to take you to John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. Notice the capital W. It's not just talking about the Bible, which is the Word of God. Read along with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God at the beginning. And the Word was God. He. He. Not, not it was with God in the beginning. He was in the beginning, with God. This scripture is actually talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word and he was with God and he is God. And if you've been a follower of Jesus, or maybe even not for a very short amount of time, when talking about creation, you probably would say, yeah, God was there. Now, if you've been following Jesus for a longer time, you might be able to quote John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus was also there. But let's go back to Genesis 1 and read 1 and 2. We acknowledge God was there. We acknowledge Jesus was there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. It wasn't just God there. It wasn't just Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit. Now the question is that I had to ask myself, as a follower of Jesus, when you tell somebody about the creation story, how many times have you left out the Holy Spirit? How many times have you said the Holy Spirit created the world? How many times have you said the Holy Spirit was there too? Don't forget about him. Or if we're being honest like me, maybe I've always said God was there. Well, John 1, 1, Jesus was there too. But what about Genesis 1, 2? How often do we mention the Holy Spirit? The Lord put something in my heart this week to take what I'm calling the Trinity test that I want to have you take. To be real honest with yourself, if you were to put a ratio into how often you talk about God, how often you pray to Jesus, and how often you mention or talk to the Holy Spirit, what would that ratio look like? Of how often I say God, I say Jesus, and how often do I say the Holy Spirit? How often is it? And I had to get real honest with myself of, How often I talk, mention, or talk to the Holy Spirit, if I'm being honest, it's probably somewhere around the the lines of like 42.5% God, 42.5% Jesus, and like 15% Holy Spirit. And I begin to ask myself do I treat the Holy Spirit like gamers treat mobile gamers? Here's the deal. If you believe in your heart and in your mind that the Holy Spirit is equal to God and Jesus, put a five in chat. Put a five in chat. If you are watching this on YouTube later, put a I believe in the chat. If you're listening on Spotify, well, God bless you because you can't do anything. But if you're in the room, raise your hand. How many of you would say, I believe the Holy Spirit is equal to God and Jesus? How many of you? I believe that. I believe that. Here's the thing we need to get honest with ourselves. Beth's like, I'm not really sure. (laughs) I'm kidding. She believes it. But we got to get honest with ourselves. If I say that I believe it, but my Trinity test ratio shows otherwise, do I truly believe it? Am I truly living out equality in the Godhead Of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? Or do we treat the Holy Spirit like gamers treat mobile gamers? And so, my mission today, friends, is not actually to teach you about the Trinity. We're simply laying down a foundation for what my mission really is today to help us to value and equalize the Holy Spirit in our language, in our hearts, and in our prayers. And so today, I want to bring a message to you. I've entitled The Holy Spirit, Master, Not a Meme. He's not a joke. He's not something to be left out. Memes aren't really too serious. And I think sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like we treat mobile gamers. And so my prayer today is that your heart and your mind and your affection for the Holy Spirit would be awakened that we begin to equalize him so that we don't leave him out. I want to read to you a passage from John 14, verses 15 to 18. I mentioned to you guys last week that after Jesus rose from the grave, he lived on earth for 40 more days before he ascended into heaven, which actually this week we celebrate Ascension Day, that Jesus ascended into heaven. And in this passage, this is John 14, Jesus is promising what's going to happen when he does leave. When I finally ascend, this is what's going to take place. Read it with me. John 14, verse 15. First he says, if you love me, keep my commands. This is a foundation to our faith. We don't do anything because we have to. We do everything because we want to. We do everything because we love God. It's out of appreciation, not out of obligation. In verse 16, and he says, and I will ask the Father. Here is Jesus. He's the one saying I, and he talks about God, the Father. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Other translations might use the word helper, comforter. This is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying right now, I am going to go away, but when I leave, he's going to come to you. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And now many people may know this. They may have heard this story, or maybe you've studied this in the Bible, that when Jesus ascended to heaven, he left behind the Holy Spirit. Jesus And especially in the book of Acts, which we're going to talk about next week, the Holy Spirit came to the earth, and he began to dwell inside of us and with us. But we see that Jesus is saying, I'm going to send someone. But it's crucial to understand what he means by that. You see, here at God's Squad Church, we have several members of our staff, and they're awesome and incredible, and we love them. But I, I believe that good leaders delegate responsibility. Good leaders delegate responsibility. Let's spread out the work. Let's all do a bunch of different things. Let's work according to our strengths. Good leaders delegate responsibility. Great leaders delegate authority. Good leaders just tell people to get stuff done. Great leaders empower people to make decisions. Authority. Power. Let's train you up. And when people ask me, what should we do? Sometimes I say, what do you think we should do? I want to train your decision making process. I want to help you to have authority. But some people, they're working with what's called delegated authority. Well, maybe I'm having this meeting on behalf of my boss or behalf of my leader. Maybe you've had a meeting on behalf of your boss. He couldn't be there, so he sent you in his place with his authority, making decisions on his behalf. It's delegated authority. That's not what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is not sending another on his behalf, in his name, with his delegated authority. This would be more like our lead team here at God Squad Church. Some of you might not know, but instead of having simply one lead pastor who is in charge, we have a team of five people myself, Pastor Amanda, Pastor Boz, Pastor Tammy, and Pastor TJ. And all five of us carry equal authority. We run our own departments, and together we create the vision of where God Squad Church is going, and we create the culture of who God Squad Church is. But all five of us have authority to make decisions, to lead and to direct, and they don't make decisions with my delegated authority. They make decisions with their own authority, authority that belongs to them, authority that is theirs. They don't got to go get it from somewhere else. That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not sending a staff member who's got delegated authority. He is sending God, the Holy Spirit, with his own authority, with his own power, and he, when he ascends, says, don't be afraid that I'm leaving because someone equal to me is coming. He's not less than. He is God, and I'm going to send him in my place. And he will be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Capital S. He will be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. In 2021, people want the Spirit. They want the the good goosebumps. They want the joy. They want want to dance, glory, hallelujah. They want all the Spirit, but they don't want the truth. Friends, but you can't have one without the other. The Spirit is truth. And the truth is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Notice it's not the word it. The world can't accept it. No, no, no. The world can't accept him. The Holy Spirit can is a person. Equal to God, he is a person. Somebody type person in the chat. I want you to get this down in your soul. The Holy Spirit is a person who can be known, who can be engaged with, who can be encountered. And it's so crucial for you to know the Holy Spirit is a person. Why? Because you'll never have a personal relationship with someone who you don't think is a person. He's not an it. He's not a less than. It's not God, Jesus, and you know that Holy Spirit guy. That according to our Trinity test, many of us don't mention often. Don't pray too often. Well, I pray to God. He's got the authority. Well, but so does the Holy Spirit. And if I really believe that he's a person with equal authority to God, why don't I talk to him more? Why don't I bring them up more? Why don't I keep telling the creation story without mentioning the Holy Spirit being there? Well, guys, I, I was there too. Oh, you were? Oh, I, I just thought it was God and Jesus. It's a Him. He can be known, and he can be known by you. And look what it says. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him, catch this, nor knows him knows him, not knows of him, knows him personally, like they've connected with him. We read Genesis 1-2, where it said the spirit of God was there. I want you to understand that before the time of Jesus, which is what we're reading right now in the book of John, this is in the New Testament. If you don't know the difference, the Old Testament, in layman's terms, is from the very beginning of the world in the Bible, to basically before Jesus is born. The New Testament, Jesus is born all the way to the end of the Bible and where God tells us what basically what the end of the world is gonna be like. But Jesus being born is where the New Testament starts. So all the people currently living in this history, because the New Testament has not been finished, because it's still being written, all they have is the Old Testament. So they have access to the same Genesis 1-2 that you and I read, that gave us knowledge that there is a Spirit of God. So for literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people had access to know of the Holy Spirit. They are in the same verse we're reading today, different language, but they had access to know of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is saying now you're going to get not just to know of him, you're going to get to know him. Because he's going to come down and be where you're at and live in you. He is a person to know. There were people following the laws of God for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They knew God, but they didn't know the Holy Spirit. And I wonder how many of us in church today, we know God. We know Jesus. But we don't know the Holy Spirit. We don't talk to him much. We don't even acknowledge him much. When we pray, it's, it's always to God or always to Jesus. But sometimes we don't treat the Holy Spirit as master. We just treat him like a mean. He's less than, not to be taken too seriously. That's for the big boys. That's for God and Jesus. Holy Spirit's more like an intern. Not equal, just, just around. He's got some responsibilities, but he's got delegated authority. No, 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 he's God, equal, one and the same, and he can be known, but you'll never know him if you don't talk to him. So I've come to ask you, do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Do do, do you talk to him? Do, Do you pray to him? Or do you only talk to God and talk to Jesus, but never mention the Holy Spirit? Moving on, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And I'm not leaving you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is comforting his disciples because they're worried. Jesus is like, you're, you're just going to leave us? After all this time together, like, we, we left our whole lives behind to follow you. The disciples, like, I, I gave up everything to follow you. And now you're just going to, poof, just go away? You're just going to teleport, use your heart stone? Like, you're just going to go back to heaven? Like, this is, this is not okay? And Jesus, well, don't worry. I won't abandon you like an orphan. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And look at the last part of that verse. It says, I will come to you. This is the great mystery of God and the Trinity. Jesus just goes on a whole spiel about how he's leaving them, and then he finishes with, I will come to you. <laughs> and some people and some scholars speculate that maybe Jesus is talking about his great return. Maybe he's talking about the second coming. Maybe he's talking about The rapture maybe he's talking about how jesus is going to come and bring the church to himself maybe he's talking about that but that is actually a very very small percentage of scholars that take that understanding because it just makes very very little sense that literally the name of this passage is jesus promises the holy spirit and he's talking about the holy spirit holy spirit holy spirit and all of a sudden he's like rapture like it just (laughs) it just doesn't it doesn't really make any sense what does make sense is Jesus is saying, I'm leaving and coming. Because Jesus God is leaving, but Holy Spirit God is coming. Wait, so Jesus, are you leaving or going? Yes. <laughs> Wait, are, 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 you, are, are you coming or are you going away? Both. Jesus is ascending but the Holy Spirit is descending. God both will be with you. So you don't need to fear because my Jesus expression is leaving, but my Holy Spirit expression is coming. I will come to you. And then we pick up in Acts chapter one where we see Jesus giving them another promise before he actually ascends. I told you guys that this week is really ascension week the week 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus where Jesus ascended to heaven, that's where we pick up in Acts chapter one, verse eight, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus, literally moments before he ascends, he promises when the Holy Spirit comes, it is going to give you power, boldness, delegated authority. We don't have authority like God does. You and I have delegated authority that God has given us. But when the Holy Spirit comes down, we receive his power. This is so important to understand because the Holy Spirit can't give you something he doesn't have. The Holy Spirit is full of power. Why? Because he's God. He's not less than. He's not just another intern. He's God. The Holy Spirit will give you power that he has because he's equal to. But if he's equal to, and the Holy Spirit is what gives me power, why do I keep asking Jesus to give me power? Why do I keep asking God to give me power? And I leave out the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray to Jesus or wrong to pray to God. I'm saying we should have a balance. I'm talking to all three. I don't want to just talk to one or the other. I want to talk to them all. I don't want to have three kids and only talk to two and let the other one live in the basement. I want, I want, I want to give love to all three. Treat them all equally and fairly And God, the Holy Spirit, has power. And then in the next verse, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. After Jesus said these words, the Holy Spirit will give you power. He didn't say God will give you power. He didn't say I will give you power. He he said the Holy Spirit, who was equal, he will give you power. And then Jesus Left. When we read this passage, we begin to learn a little bit more about the location of God. We begin to learn a little bit more about where where God is. And I want to take you on a journey of understanding this principle of the location of God. And here's the deal we can't put a limitation on God because God is omnipresent. So he can be anywhere at all times. But I'm going to read to you in the scriptures of what it really tells us about the location of God. It said that Jesus ascended up. And when he goes up, the Holy Spirit is going to come down. And if you've ever heard a lot about where the Bible says that Jesus is, I want to read a few verses to you. Romans 8.34. Listen to the location. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that who was raised to life, check the location, is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding for us. Ephesians 1.20. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Colossians 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews 1.3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He provided purification for sins, after He did His role, saving us from our sins, then what did He do? Then He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven capital M, who is God. Hebrews 8.1. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest, who is Jesus, who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Hebrews 10.12. But when this priest had offered for all a one-time sacrifice for sins, that is Jesus, then what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of God. I think you're catching my point, but let's read a few more. 1 Peter 3.22. Who has gone into heaven, location, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand? Revelation 3.21. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right, this is Jesus by the way, talking about Jesus, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my Father on his throne. Jesus is on the throne to the right of the Father. Matthew twenty-two forty-four. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Acts two thirty-three. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. Final one, Acts seven fifty-five. This is about Stephen, who was giving a sermon, standing up for Jesus, and because of it, they were stoning and killing him. But as they were killing him, this is what takes place. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to the location of heaven... And saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, he said, I see heaven open. And what do I see in heaven? I see the Son of Man, a name for Jesus. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I think we've gotten the point now that Jesus is sitting at the right hand hand of god and in multiple places what's the location heaven jesus god and heaven but put that verse back up one more time but stephen full of who the holy spirit he's full of an expression of god full of the holy spirit and if we're talking location He looks up, sees Jesus, sees God, but wait, where's the Holy Spirit? I don't don't see him up there. Oh, wait, it's because he's right here. Wait, but I I don't see like a third throne with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where are you? I'm right next to you. I'm, I'm here, I'm here. I'm currently not sitting on a throne. Because I'm with you instead. Jesus fulfilled his role as Savior. And then when he was done, he left. And he's got another job to do when he returns. But that's not yet. God, seated in majesty, on his throne. Jesus, at his right hand. But the Holy Spirit, in your living room. In this room. With us. Now I want you to understand the three are one. So really, all three of them are with us. But they have different roles. God has done his role, Jesus has done his role. And for a time being, in a sense, they're idle. But the Holy Spirit is active here with us. But what I think breaks his heart is that the form and expression of God who's actually here every day with us and in us, he's the one who gets ignored the most. I wonder if sometimes in our prayers and in our conversations, when we with good intentions go, God, we thank you for everything you're doing in our lives day to day. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we invite you to be with us. I want it the Holy Spirit's going, I'm right here. I'm already in the room. I'm right beside you. Does anybody see me? I'm here. Why does no one acknowledge me? I am God and I am here with you. There's nothing wrong with you talking to God. There's nothing wrong with you talking to Jesus. But I wonder if unintentionally we've left the Holy Spirit out. How often do you talk to him? How often do you acknowledge him? How often when you are telling a friend about God, do you mention the one who's equally as important as he is? If I'm being honest, not as much as I should. When I take my Trinity test, I talk to God a lot, I talk about Jesus a whole lot, and then there's the Holy Spirit. Throws a name in the mix from time to time, make sure I'm covering the bases. But if I'm being honest, my Trinity test ratio, it's not 33, 33, 33. My teaching, it's not 33, 33, 33. And I think unintentionally, I have treated the Holy Spirit the way gamers treat mobile gamers. Like they're nothing more than just a meme. And I wonder, am I the only one? Or maybe you have two. And so, what I want to do for the remainder of our time is I want us to equalize the Holy Spirit. I want to let Him know we see Him too. We love Him. Him, not it. We love Him too. Because God is sitting on a throne. Jesus is sitting at His right hand. But the Holy Spirit, he's, he's in you and with you. And sometimes we can neglect those that are closest to us. To acknowledge those that are far. Some of us maybe are chasing after Instagram followers of people we don't even know while neglecting our family, who's so close. I wonder if we do the same thing to the Holy Spirit. And so for a few moments, Amanda's going to lead us in a song about the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you right now to stand to your feet, all over the world, in your rooms. And I want to give you a few moments in your own way to sing along with Amanda and to equalize the Holy Spirit. Not to prioritize, Let's not flip the thing backwards and stop talking about God and Jesus and only talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's just get a balance of all three. That not just God, we love you. Not just Jesus, we love you. But Holy Spirit, we need you. Let's sing together. Anytime we're confronted with the word of God, it it needs it needs to bring change. You can't just hear a bunch of stuff and then walk away the same. I think one of the important things we need to do as followers of Jesus is is repent. The word repentance, maybe you've never heard it, it means a few things but it actually, it literally means to, to turn. And it doesn't just mean I apologize for something, it means God I'm going to change my current actions into different actions that honor you. And so here's the deal, I don't want to share a message about the importance of equally valuing the Holy Spirit. And then we just go back to doing things the way we've always been doing them. I think an important part of repentance is acknowledging, God, first I've done wrong. And I don't know about you, but this week, I've had to apologize to the Holy Spirit. Sorry for the moments where I've left you out. Sorry for the moments where I've treated you like you're less than. Sorry for always talking about God and Jesus. But very infrequently talking about you, and so I, I want to challenge you as as we pray. I just encourage you in your own ways, whether you want to do it out loud or in the chat or in your in your heart. I think it's healthy for all of us to literally just say, "Holy Spirit, I'm sorry." Holy Spirit, I'm I'm sorry. I've left you out. I've talked about you less. And so let's pray together as we repent and, Holy Spirit, we just want to say, we are sorry. Sorry for leaving you out. Sorry for talking about you less. Sorry for making Christianity all about Jesus. He did a lot for us. God, you've done a lot for us. But the Holy Spirit is currently doing a lot for us. God, the three are one. And so ultimately, God, we know it's, it's all of you. But that's why we want to acknowledge all of you. And so Holy Spirit, we've come to tell you that we're sorry. We're not talking to an it, we're talking to a person, we're talking to God. Holy Spirit, help us to change the way that we feel about you. Help us to increase our affection and our love. And like the song said, help us become more aware of your presence. It's not that we need you to be here more. You're already here. We just need to become more aware of what you're already doing. Help us to become aware. And help us to turn our actions to acknowledging you more. Talking about you more. But talking to you more. I pray that God you'd help all of us in our Trinity test. To have 33's across the board. I talk to God, I talk to Jesus and I also talk to the Holy Spirit. I pray that we would equalize you. And I pray that God our our hearts would be drawn with affection and love towards you. Help us Holy Spirit to love you. Help us Holy Spirit to worship you. Help us Holy Spirit to honor you and to lift you up the way you deserve to be Holy Spirit The reason you're not currently sitting on a throne is not because you're not worthy, but it's because you chose to be down on earth with us instead. And we thank you for that sacrifice. Holy Spirit, we always talk about Jesus' sacrifice. Oh, that he left heaven to be with us. But Holy Spirit, today we acknowledge you've actually done the same. You're not seated on the throne because you're seated in our living rooms. You're seated in our passenger seats of our cars while we drive, keeping us safe. You're seated in this room. And we thank you for the sacrifice you make for us every day. And today, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that we may not physically see you, but we acknowledge you and we thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being in us. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for sanctifying us. Thank you for transforming us. Thank you for always being with us. And so today, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we declare we love you. All of you. All of who you are, equally and fairly. And help us to turn and to continue to live, speak, think, communicate, and pray accordingly, to pray to God, to pray to Jesus, but also to pray to the Holy Spirit. Help us, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You guys in the room can be seated. Maybe some of you are watching home online and you... Never really heard much about the Holy Spirit. Wondering, how do I even begin a journey of knowing or having the Holy Spirit? It actually begins by knowing Jesus. The Bible says, by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, you gain access to God, and then the Holy Spirit lives in you. When you receive Jesus, you become a child of God, and then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and it's with you and if you want the Holy Spirit you want to be a child of God you need Jesus not one or the other all three and maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord the Bible says it's simple that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart it's not something I could do for you but if you choose to believe in your heart That you want to put your trust in Jesus and repent. Turn from your ways and follow Jesus who is a better way. Your sins can be forgiven and you can receive eternal life. Because Jesus Christ lived on this earth, died on the cross, rose from the grave to forgive you of your sins. And then when he ascended, he filled you with his spirit. And today, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me as you are talking to God, to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, you want to begin a new chapter of a journey of following Jesus, pray this with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. God, I thank you that you made a way through Jesus for me to be forgiven. And I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and help me to follow you. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to live inside my heart, to change me, and to transform me. And to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you put your hands together and spam the Jesus hype in the chat for those that are saying yes to follow Jesus.
1: Praise God. Hey, congratulations to those of you that are accepting Jesus Christ for the very first time in your life, or maybe you rededicated your life today. We want to celebrate with you, and we want to congratulate you. And I don't want to put you on a spotlight. I don't want to embarrass you or anything like that, but I want you to do a favor for us just so we can celebrate with you. And we can know who you are. I would ask you, if you just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time or rededicated your life today to Jesus, I would ask you to put a yes in the chat. And we want to, like I said, we want to celebrate with you. And can we put our hands together and put some hype in the chat again for those people that are accepting Jesus Christ right now. It's an absolutely amazing, amazing thing. And I promise you, you will not regret your decision. And hey, if you are doing that right now, if somebody could do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, that will send you to a, a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. As this will give us a way to be able to give you some resources. A lot of people, they just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time and they don't know exactly where to go from here. They don't know where to start reading in their Bible. Maybe they don't know how to, where to where to start or how to pray. And then also a lot of people, they're like, what is this water baptism that, thing that you guys talk about? I know you guys dunk people in water, but what is that all about? What does that actually mean? We would love to be able to walk beside you um, for those people that have those questions. We wanna give you those resources and be able to walk beside you on this new journey as it's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of something brand new in your life. So congratulations to those of you guys that have just accepted Jesus Christ and this is the reason why we do everything we do here at god squad church we see people every single week we see people accepting jesus christ putting a yes in the chat i have people that come to me throughout the week and they they watch our youtube videos and saying hey i watched a youtube video and i accepted jesus christ we are seeing this on a weekly basis we're seeing lives being changed changed marriages being restored we see so many things going on here and it's because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to continue doing what we do here at god squad church and maybe this is your first time that you would like to give to God Squad Church. I want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to the church. You can do so by going to the panels below, clicking on the Give link. You can also go to our website and customize it to any way that you see fit, whether it be weekly, monthly, recurring giving, or a one-time gift. And then finally, you can also go, uh, use Text the Give by texting any amount to number 84321. But no matter how you are giving, we thank you once again for your faithfulness and generosity. And remember, guys, every penny counts.